unshakable hope. The unshakable hope. The world needs hope. But last year, actually, the whole calendar year in the mornings, we looked and journeyed through the Gospel of Mark around the theme that hope has a name. And what is that name? That name is Jesus. Absolutely. Some of you forgot. They're just there, or you didn't say it aloud. But hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And this morning, we need to realize that as the people of God, despite the circumstances of life, despite the circumstances of our world, particularly at the moment as we journey through this global pandemic of COVID-19, of the coronavirus, we need to realize that we have a hope that makes us unshakable. A hope that will not allow us to fall. A hope that is steadfast. A hope that is sure. And a hope that will stand the test of time. World pandemics come and go. And this too shall pass. But the hope of God and the promise of God is from everlasting to everlasting. It knows no beginning. It knows no end. And we are a people called to be filled with hope. Amen? Amen. And this morning as we look at this unshakable life, we need to realise that this unshakable life that we've been talking about over this past wee while, that this unshakable life is anchored in hope. The BBs and the GBs are off. But do you remember the BB song? We have an anchor. Yeah, I can't even remember the words of it there. There we go. It's funny whenever you stand up here and you don't write down that bit of the notes. Right? But we have an anchor. We have an anchor that's steadfast, that is sure. And the unshakable life is anchored in this hope through faith in God. Our reading, our main reading this morning is from Romans chapter 5. So if you want to flick or click in your Bibles along to that, uh, it'll also appear up here on the screen. But Romans chapter 5, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who has had an encounter with God, he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a persecutor of the church. He sought to distinguish and extinguish, sorry, this hope that people had held. But then this hope, he had an encounter with Jesus. And the hope that was in him transformed Paul, transformed Saul and made him Paul. Gave him a new name, gave him a new purpose. And Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says this. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. And you normally get a three-pointer this morning. Don't be scared. You're getting five, right? But I promise I'll honour your time this morning as we look at this hope together. Firstly, we have a glorious hope. We have a glorious, glorious hope. Anybody here who has been through a difficult period in their lives as a Christian, be it persecution, be it things that are just not going the way that they should be, be it family circumstances, be it bereavement, be it difficulty even amongst brothers and sisters in the church, if you were to ask them, how'd you get through? Nine out of ten of them at least would say the hope of Jesus Christ. This is a glorious, glorious hope that we have. It is not a hope that is misplaced. It is not a hope that is misapportioned. It's not a hope that is misappropriated. This is a hope that is glorious. A hope that is steadfast and a hope which stands the test of time. And it's a glorious hope in two ways. Or at least we're just going to look at two of the ways very quickly this morning. It's a glorious hope, firstly through the grace of God. The grace of God is God's unmerited favour. God's unmerited favour. God gives to us in a way that we do not deserve. And we have this hope through the grace of God. Second Thessalonians, Paul writes, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, may he comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word (coughs) we have hope through the grace of God this unmerited favour this reality that he laid down his life so that we could know freedom so that we could know him and be in relationship with him and have a future hope of life eternal with him this unmerited favor we were talking in our small group studies this week about how sometimes the truths of scripture can become so familiar in our lives that we lose our sense of awe and wonder around them don't lose the awe and the wonder around the fact of the grace of god that he loves you so much that he laid down his life for your freedom. And we also have the hope of the gospel. As well as the unmerited favour of God, we have the hope that Jesus Christ came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And in Colossians chapter 1, 
And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. In other words, those who were far off, you and me, those who we maybe think are far off and too far gone, there is a message of hope also for them. In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Don't lose the hope of the gospel. As you watch the news, as you flick through social media, as you walk through the aisles in Tesco and Asda looking for what you need and you can't find it because the world's gone mad and the world's gone crazy and you wonder what the point is, the point is this. There's a hope in the gospel that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he has not abandoned us, that he's not forgotten about us. And this hope that we hold and this hope that we have is not just hope for us, but is hope for the world that's gone bonkers. That's the hope of the gospel. That's the hope that we hold. And it is indeed a glorious hope. But it's also a tested hope. Anybody ever tried your patience? No names, right? Anybody ever tried your patience? Anybody ever really pushed you to the edge? Do you live with them? No, joking. (laughs) Right? But our hope in days like this and in days gone by and in the circumstances of life, this hope is a tested hope. It is so easy for our heads to drop. It is so easy for us to take our eyes off the prize, to take our eyes off of Christ, to take our eyes off the inheritance that is ours as co-heirs with him. Because life happens. And sometimes there's no rhyme and there's no reason. Sometimes things just seem so unfair, don't they? Sometimes you can long for something and it seems like everybody else around about you is getting that something and you're not. Sometimes you can lose something or someone that means so much to you. Sometimes fear can creep in as the world is a noisy place and there's a lot of voices that speak into your life and into your circumstances. But there's only one voice we need to listen to. Yes, we need to listen to our government. Yes, we need to follow the advice of health organizations and health professionals. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that as fear creeps in, as our hope is tested, the answer's here. The answer is in this book. The answer 
is our God. His promises to us that we read in his word. That as we spend time in the secret place with him, that he reminds us of as we pray, as we seek his face, as we read his word, as we shut off the noise of the rest of the world for a while. And if you're like me and you're on your phone all the time, or you're on your iPad, or you're on the laptop, or you're on whatever, take some time each day this week and just turn it off. Spend time with God. Because our faith is being tested in these days. Whether we realize it or not, our faith is being tested. But it's also a cause for us to rejoice as our hope is tested. Because those words which we've already read says, and not only that, but rejoice in our sufferings. Another translation says, rejoice in our testings. Rejoice in our testings. Rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that, pers- uh, that in suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. The end result of your testing should always be hope. And if we keep our eyes fixed on him... This testing will lead to renewed hope. That's the promise of scripture. That's the promise of God. A God who is not a God of fear and a God of chaos, but a God who is a God of love and a God of order. And he says this suffering, this testing, it will lead to hope if you stick by me. Will we stick by him, church? Will we press in to him? Because 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, we read, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I'm going to read it again. I don't need to add to that. The word of God speaks for itself here. But after you have suffered a little while, the God of grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So hold on. Hold on a little longer. Our hope will be tested But a tested hope should lead to more and more hope in our lives. Tested hope. Thirdly, a shameless hope. A shameless hope. Did you notice in our reading at the start that we read these words? And hope does not put us to shame. That's something to amen about, if he's ever want to. Something to rejoice about. Because this hope that we hold, this hope that is tested, this hope which is glorious, it is also a shameless hope. And it will not put us to shame. Why? 
because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So see those heads as they begin to drop. Hold them high. What pride. What confidently in the fact that we have a God who will not put us to shame. And the Apostle Paul is the one who writes these words. As we've said already this morning, and as many of you know, Paul was previously Saul and was the chief persecutor of the church. His MO, his literal raison d'etre in and of himself at the time was this. I'm going to stop this church thing before it gets out of hand. I'm going to quash the hope that they have and I'm going to bring them to their knees and they will worship Caesar, the emperor. They will worship the emperor. But this very same Paul had an encounter with the God of hope. And instead of being an agent of destruction, became an agent of hope himself. Taking the message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who would hear. And to the many who wouldn't as well. And suddenly his MO changed. You see, he had planted a a wonderful thriving church in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. And we read about his letters to the church in the book of Ephesians. But actually, as we follow his journey through the book of Acts, it comes to a time where he feels the Lord is saying, you need to leave this place and go and tell others. And we read these words as he says to the elders that he leaves behind at the church of Ephesus. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit. Or as another translation says, convicted by the Spirit. Not knowing what will happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisonment and affliction awaits us. A stranger. But he says, But I do not consider my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You see, Paul had this realization that the hope that he held, and God revealed this to him, that the hope that he held was a hope that would not put him to shame. That no matter what he came up against, no matter what he faced, that Jesus was enough. And that he would not allow Paul to be put to shame. And you need to know in these difficult days in our world that God has not forsaken his people. And God will not allow his people who fearlessly follow after him to be put to shame. That we would be a people who would say with the hymn writer, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. 
We have a hope that will not put us to shame. So no matter what you face this week, remember that God is with you. And remember that he will not allow you to be put to shame. And that he has not forgotten about you. We doing okay? Good. We're 20 minutes in, so we're nearly done. Amen. Right? Well, I wasn't looking as many amens there, folks. Yeah. But then, fourthly, this is a sustained hope. It is a hope that stands the test of time. As I was thinking and preparing and praying this week, I remembered all of those who had walked with me in my faith journey who are no longer with us. And I'm sure that there are many people who are flooding through your minds at the moment. People that you are thankful for. Thankful that they were a part of your life. Thankful that they were um, with you and that they pointed you to Jesus. Thankful that they prayed for you behind the scenes when perhaps you didn't know that that's what they were doing. Each one of us is here as a result of somebody's prayers. I truly believe that. Each one of us is blessed to be a part of the community that we call the church, the family of God. And there are different people in in this family that mean different amounts to different people. Those who have gone before. I thought, and you've heard me speak of the Reverend Ernie Yeats, who at the age of, when I was, not him at the age of 15, but me at the age of 15 when I felt the call to ministry and went home and told my dad it was a Saturday evening and my dad phoned Pastor Eads and on Sunday at church Pastor Eads came he threw his arms around me and he says we'll journey together son because he'd been there because he knew what it was like and I'm sure that there are people in your lives that you are so thankful for who have journeyed with you. And many of those people for me are in this room right now. And I'm sure that for you, many of them are in the room as well. But there are those who have gone before. And we've often said in this church that we are blessed to stand on the shoulder of giants. Giants of the faith who have gone before, who have now inherited their glorious inheritance are worshipping Jesus all the day long. And you know what got them through the storms of life? The hope that stood the test of time. The hope that sustained them until the very end. And we have a hope that stands the test of time. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 Paul says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. He's talking about this. He's talking about the word of God. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scripture, we might have hope. Do you know that they had to take the Bible off the New York Times bestsellers list right at the start? Because each and every week, week in and week out, this is the best-selling book in the world. There's no comparison. 
No other book stands a chance. Why? Because it is a book that has stood the test of time and will continue to stand the test of time because it includes the words of a God who brings hope. You feeling hopeless this week? Pick up the word, turn off the phone. You feeling hopeless this week? Go into your room, close the door, open the word. Turn off the TV. <coughs> this is where the hope's at. In the Word of God. And God speaks to us through His Word. It is not a word that is dead. It is not just words on a piece of paper, but it is the Word of God that is sharper than a two edged sword and is alive and still speaks to us today. So whatever you need, whatever dose of hope you need, I can tell you where you're going to find it. I've thrown my Bible about a lot this morning, haven't I? But you know what? It's good stuff. It's the best stuff. It's the remedy for the broken heart. It's the remedy for hope. It's the remedy for any situation that you face in your life. It's here. It is the Word of God spoken to us and passed down from generation to generation but pastor i don't hear god speaking to me take the bible off the shelf dust it down open it there's your solution he's speaking make sure we listen to what he has to say jesus as he writes through john in the book of revelation to the seven churches he says And let the church have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let's use our ears. Let's use our swords. Let's use the word. Let's press in and be filled with hope. A hope that is sustaining. A hope which stands the test of time. And lastly, amen, we have A God of hope. If you look up hope in the Oxford Dictionary, you'll get a definition. You want my definition of hope? God. We serve a God of hope. A God who brings hope to the hopeless. A God who sustains the hope of the faithful. A God who brings hope to those who are far off. A God who by his very nature and character is the hope of the world and the hope of the nations. And he is a living hope. And this is the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church in Rome. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You ever met somebody who's abounding in hope? Have you ever met somebody, conversely, who's abounding in misery? Who do you want to spend time with? You want to spend time with the people who are abounding in hope. A fearful world, A.W. Tozer said, needs a fearless church. And the best way that we can be a fearless church is by abounding in the hope that we have. 
Because you see, just as fear is contagious, hope is contagious. Hope is contagious. And we, as the people of God, serve a God of hope. Do we believe it? I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. Because it's truth. It's reality. It is our way forward through the storms of life. We serve a God who is in his very nature hope. A God who can bring us through the worst of circumstances. And the worst of world events. And a God who stoops and inclines his ear to us. A God who hears us and listens to us. A God who bids us come. A God who affords us the opportunity to be a people who abound in hope. This is the God whom we serve. And the unshakable life is anchored in hope through God. Let's pray.